0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers.
1: Well, welcome to another edition of uh, Middle-Age Warriors, one that finds uh, myself, uh, Chris Semino, and my partner Rick Summers miles apart, unfortunately, due to... Uh, What we're dealing with, a new new element in life, separation due to, of course, the coronavirus.
0: How are you holding up there? You know what? I think we need to retitle the show as Old Age Warriors because I got to tell you, I feel like I've aged decades in the past (laughs) week just with all the stresses and strains of trying to deal with, never mind the fact that we're dealing with the disease and living kind of in a hut like Gilligan's Island, but also the fact that I'm just trying to deal with the technology and figure everything out is making gray hairs pop out on my head. (laughs) Settle down. Apparently you're not drinking enough wine. That's, that's the issue. I think that's
1: (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) You need some kind of an elixir to calm you down a little bit, but, but I think you're speaking for a lot of people and everybody's dealing with this right now. It's, it's, it's been rough. What's what for you so far has been the toughest, uh, change.
0: You know, it's a hard question for me to answer. Um, I've still been able to go outside, um, I've gone to the store. I think just the socialization, the, the the fact that I used to say, hey Chris, why don't I come up and we'll record in your apartment? Mm-hmm. I, I missed that, I miss the connection with people, and doing it on a computer is incredible, no question about it, but it's not quite the same. And I was joking with you before and I said, you know what, this is the new norm. we may never shake somebody's hand again. <laughs> well, I, I don't I think
1: I'm hoping in humanity that once we come out on the other side of this and we and we will uh, that we we get back to that that idea but but you're right it, it's the funny thing about this, I think our generation and the older generations beyond that are are feeling the impact of this distance and this separation. Much more in terms of emotionally than even younger people, because the fact of the matter is, the millennials and and younger, they hardly ever do make contact. Most of their contact is via technology, is through social media, is through phones and laptops and and iPads. So it's for them maybe this isn't as uh, a traumatic thing emotionally as it is for us, but I'm sure it's impacting everybody.
0: Oh yeah, but I was I was thinking the same thing. I remember must have been a year ago, probably one of the last times I was on a New York City bus. And I actually was at the first stop, so people were getting on before the bus left. And I just sat on the bus at 8.30 in the morning with 20 other people who were all buried in their iPhones Mm. and not having having contact. Um, It was so funny yesterday, and I really want to give thumbs up to our local Trader Joe's. Uh, cause the guys and gals there have been great and have just been really, uh, working hard to keep everything stocked. But I was in the fruit section trying to pick out some fruit the other day and keeping six foot distance, you know, and some guy comes over and he gets within like three feet of me and he apologizes. Mm-hmm. He says, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said, don't worry. It's, I don't know. You know, Can you imagine? I, it, it, I know but... where he's coming from. He goes, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, maybe that's easy in Topeka, but in New York City, that's a hard thing to ever do, stay three feet apart, little on six feet apart from each other. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly not normal uh, behavior for us. We're not, we're not used to that kind of thing. But, you know, you, you speak of the produce, and it's sort of, you know, it's one thing, you have a list, you know, I need uh, canned tomatoes, I need a box of uh, stuffing, whatever it is, you know, and you, and you can look at it and find it on the shelf, and when you see it, you just grab it. But when it comes to produce... You have to eyeball a tomato. You have to eyeball an eggplant. You have to eyeball a cucumber. Going, like, I hope it's the right one. I'm going in. You know, and then you get it. What do you, you know, then you're really not supposed to, what do we do with it? Do we put it back? Uh, this is mushy. I don't want this thing. So, you know, you really have to, uh, you really have to become an expert in eyeballing the fruits and vegetables and making sure you get the right one, uh, the first the first dive in. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, the other thing. It is, and I don't know how much you've been out and about. I, I try to still get out and go for a walk, and and inevitably uh, there will be other people out there on the street. Uh, not these are not large gatherings. I'm not going to parks and beaches and things like that. But uh, what I find a little off-putting is where you're walking, you're you're approaching somebody on the sidewalk. I've had a couple of cases where people will literally cross the street if they see me coming, which is Pretty typical of what normally happens in my life. No. Uh, that was before on a virus. Exactly. You know, why, why why should it be any different now? Uh, yeah. but but you know, and other people will stay on this on the sidewalk and they'll and they'll walk past and yeah, I mean I guess we're pretty much keeping six six feet of distance. But I think it would be important, my feeling is this is a time where we need to make some eye contact and just smile. We just nod at each other with a little smile of affirmation of something that we're connecting. And all I find here, in my particular neighborhood, is everybody puts their head down. As if looking at me, they're going to catch the virus. And that's sad. And I think that's where this fear has gotten a little bit too deep. And it's it's just taking over people. And it's it's creating this, not only separation, but almost a depression within. I mean, we need to be supporting each other, even though we can't be touching or getting really close. This is a moment where... If we have a point in the day where we can let somebody else go, hey, you know, I'm human, I, I'm feeling this too, but we're in this together, and just give some kind of a nod of affirmation, I think that would be important. And I'm finding that not happening, at least in my experience here. I talked to my family back in New Jersey. They say they've, they've been finding the opposite, that people have been very very nice, very friendly and realizing that we're in this together. But I don't know. Is it a pocket that I'm in?
0: Or maybe it is just me, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think everybody is reacting uh, in their own way. I don't think there's a right way. I don't think there's a wrong. Well, there are some wrong ways. I I must stand corrected on that. By the way, uh, I do need to say yes. I'm so tired of the local TV stations and the newscasters. No offense to you, Chris, being a former uh, New York TV personality. I'm so tired of hearing everybody say, Oh, by the way, we're all in this together. Mm. And they're saying it from the purchase of their chairs at their anchor desks or wherever they are. And they know they're getting a paycheck. And I yes. think about all the people and I, I'm Valerie, my wife and I were talking about that last night. And I really kind of resent that. I understand what you're saying. Yes. We're all in this together. We're all going to get through this, but, um, it's uh, it's something that I think is worthy of bringing up, yeah, we are all in this together, but we're not all on the same playing field,
1: no, and that's a good point. And you know, I have some friends I've been watching and and what they're posting on social media and the position they're in, and kind of taking on this, you know, preaching from the pulpit thing. But you know what has happened and what we've had to do in in dealing with this, at least our our first best approach was to throw this huge blanket and shut everything down, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, let's just keep this going for as long as we need to keep this going because you're still working from your home, you're still getting your paycheck, you're still getting health coverage, you've got everything going on the way it existed before other than the fact that now you're doing it from your home. There are so many people that are going to lose their jobs, lose those jobs permanently, maybe lose health coverage and health care, not get the appropriate... Uh, nutrition to to their babies, to their families. There's so many of these people that are going to suffer, not from the virus, from the repercussions of the virus. And that's a tricky line to draw. But that's, I think, kind of almost what you're saying is, you know, yeah, it's easy to say we're all in this together. When I'm up here, my life hasn't changed one bit. My income's the same. My comfort zone is the same. Maybe my 401k plan took a little hit. Big, big freaking deal. But there are people who are going to have nothing soon. I know that they put this, uh, you know, they they signed the bill, yeah, a few hundred dollars a week to some people, and not everybody's going to be eligible for that.
0: I got to tell you, um, I think the only person in our household that really can get away with saying, hey, we're all in this together, and whose life has really not changed that much is our cat. (laughs) Yeah, same here. (laughs) Because nothing has changed for him.
1: No. You know? No, our Chuch- Chucho's getting more affection here, I'll tell you that. Uh yeah.
0: he, he gets more love. I mean, That's you, about it. Do you think they're aware? I think they're just like, what the hell are these people still doing at home? They're Yeah, I think yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> We can't be thro- like, I can't be throwing the parties I was throwing every afternoon here, this thing here every right. day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> get out. My cat can't my cat can't get on the internet anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But uh okay. no, I mean,
0: you know, it, it, there, there's there's so many facets to this and so yeah. many
1: people being impacted differently by it. Uh, this is, to fall into a category, it's almost a lose-lose category. I don't I don't know what we could have done, what the country could have done, what the president could have done. I know there's so many things politically going on here. I don't really want to get into that. I don't really even think a time of crisis is the time we should be politicizing as much as we are, and we all are. Uh, we all, let's just say, Most of our politicians are, no matter what, even the ones that are doing a great job, they still manage to politicize this. And, you know, there's no, maybe there's no escape from that. I don't know. But to me, now is not the time for that. It's the time to create, obviously, action and, and, and do the best we can. But it's a time that we also need to create some reassurance and, you know, People want to hear the facts but then they don't want to hear the facts. so I you know what I'm saying I'd say you can't have somebody going, oh, I don't know this this could go on forever. I don't know maybe maybe, maybe Christmas could. we get back to you know do you really want to hear a politician say that or would you rather hear one say, well, you know we're hitting a, we're hitting the worst part of it right now. Uh, we're going to come out of this. It may take time we may have to do it in stages, but you know we're going to do it. We can't sustain a country. By shutting it down completely, it's unsustainable. You know, you can't. So, you know, this concept of we're going to stay protected by not moving out, moving anywhere and staying locked down, I don't know how long you can really do that as a civilization, as a society. I really don't.
0: Yeah. I think that the time that people are spending by themselves is also going to cause a lot of mental health issues. (laughs) Yeah, people
1: Seriously. don't like to be with themselves. It's not a good thing.
0: <laughs> it's not. You know what? Because we're conditioned to go out to dinner together and to FaceTime and, and do all. But we're not conditioned to be isolated. And uh, I honestly think that that's going to have uh, wreak real havoc on the mental health system if and when we do pull out of this, this nose dive I feel like we're in. Though... Um, I do want to take one second to just remind all our family here that you are listening to middle-aged warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers on the Believe Podcast Network. And we're doing kind of an abbreviated uh, or at least... What's the word, Chris? Help me well, out Well, I, I would, I would just brief- call this,
1: well, it's kind of, it's a, It's a special, it's not our typical normal format. We're, we're not, we don't have an interview uh, on a day like today. Uh, this will go for as long as it goes, but uh, we're just trying to, I think, sum up a little bit of what we're all dealing with, confronted with. You know, you brought up something interesting about the mental health and, and, and that issue. And one of the issues in particular with this illness, while now we're starting to see more and more young people be impacted with it and even be hospitalized because of it, uh, the initial push was obviously towards the elderly, especially those over 65 and 70 years old and those with respiratory ailments. My mom is 85 years old. Uh, She pretty much checks off every box of the danger zone if she were to get this. Right. And I I was just, right before we did this podcast, we were just on the phone with her. Uh, I haven't seen her now, probably in almost a couple of weeks. Um, but she's alone. She doesn't, my dad passed away many years ago, so she is alone in her apartment. And she said to me, well, when are you coming to see me? And I said, well, I don't really know if that's a good idea. I don't truly know if I've been exposed and I feel, you know, terrible. She goes, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care if I die from it. She goes, because I'm going to die from loneliness. And I don't oh, like this feeling. That's I would hard. rather, she would rather take the, I said, Ma, I'm glad you would rather take the chance, but I don't want to be the one to have been the cause for that.
0: And it's a yeah, really leave, tough thing. Leave that up to your sister.
1: Well, and, you know, she, she brings her, you know, she has taken her, uh, she brought her food and things of like that and medicine and things like that. And they've. You know, they've they've even spent some time together doing the the, the distancing, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is just this. You know, there are so many people in in nursing homes who are alone who are typically getting visitors, and now they're not. And the demoralization and the psychological impact on people, especially at that age, even that could could kill them ultimately. They will just totally give up. So it's really—this is— why this is such a, a, a slippery slope and a tricky thing when people so instantly say, "Hey, just stay away; it'll save their life." Would you rather them get it and die, or well, you don't know if they're going to get it and die. Number one, and and on the other hand, though this distance, how long does this go on? And emotionally, they're suffering such a terrible depression that may cause them to give up. So I, I don't know where you know exactly you draw the line. This is a very challenging time on so many levels the medical physical element the emotional and the economic and they're all a little different aren't they
0: they are and yet they're all tied together exactly and i think i think the other lesson learned through all of this is as big a world as this is it's really a pretty small place when you think about you know how one country has now impacted another country has impacted two other countries it's like the old well, I told to I told a friend, and they told two friends, and they told yeah. two friends, and so on. So it's a game of telephone, only this is the game of disease. Um, anything positive that you feel <laughs> that you've gained through oh, this yes. experience? Yes. Uh, my girl,
1: my girlfriend, Edie, and I put up wallpaper yesterday in the oh, office. congratulations! Yes, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done any wallpapering, and I don't know how long. And this was the. No, not the first time. This is the second time I've I've done the uh, the adhesive wallpaper that you put it up and you can also take it off. And I have to say, it sure beats the hell out of the old. Fa- Did you ever attempt the old-fashioned wallpaper with the paste? And you had to put out the big table. Did you do that yeah. at any point in your life? No, I've had to rip it down, so I know what that's
0: like. Oh, I've but no
1: but it putting works. it up when you you know that way with the paste was like that was a one-shot deal. Like you put it up right. and it was very or to take it back down and and get the bubbles out. This is a a lot easier, but, you know, so that that was fun. I've been doing a lot of cooking, uh, even been posting on my Facebook page. So if you want to see some, go to Chris Amino Weather or ChrisAminoWeather.com. You'll see some uh, recipes that that we've been cooking up. Uh,
0: We've got our podcast out there. You you did put up there. They look great.
1: No, we're having having a good time. Uh, So far, so good. I don't know how you and Valerie are holding up together in in the same, uh, you know, enclosed environment but uh, the good news like you said as well you know for me I get outside we still you know I have a rooftop I, I got a little air yesterday kept about six feet from my neighbor who I hadn't seen I don't know how long uh, we had a little six foot plus chat on the roof um, so what, wherever we can we, we, we make it happen we, we make some uh, connection to being human I think Meals and cooking and family being together for a little bit is fun. Playing some games. The other thing I've done, I uh, she Edme has a collection of classic movies. Um, oh right. Often I have <clears throat> most of them I hadn't seen. So I saw On the Town, uh, Roman Holiday, uh, Casablanca. I'm trying to think. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm catching up on some old movie classics. Um, Billy Elliot was great. <laughs> yeah what else can i do um i don't know, I know.
0: What, what what have you been trying to do to keep yourself busy well we've been doing i shouldn't say we because valerie is really the cook the chef and mm-hmm. she takes it very seriously as uh, a nice italian girl from the bronx wood that's and right she's exceptional at it yeah and um so she she cooks and i clean up that's Your cleanup duty much the deal but that's not <laughs> but that's not that's not just uh, indicative of uh, our shut-in from coronavirus. This has right. been always the way it is because it's like that, That get out of my kitchen, you know, <laughs> coming after me with a wood spatula. No, I get we try, that. And we try to work together. I mean, yeah.
1: that's Italians, you don't mess around in the kitchen, by
0: the way. No, absolutely not. And I get yeah. that. And she continues to... Uh, troubleshoot uh, technical issues is she's still trying to produce a radio show and a podcast from home. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, occupying a lot of her time and energy. We have not been able to see her mom, who is an assisted mm-hmm. living only 10 miles away, if even that far, right. but they're they're shut down. But to their credit, uh, one of the nurses FaceTimed Valerie with her mom. Oh, that's so, great. So she was able to see her that way, which is good. And her mom that's, did, yeah. you know, and that that's, I think, that's been the hardest part for Valerie through all of this. Never mind being shut in with me, which I don't think is any picnic. But, uh, <laughs> you know, clearly she's, she's certainly done the best that she can, as yeah. we all are. And I, I actually went out yesterday, took the car and went to Trader Joe's and just wanted to get some things and get a little fresh air and just kind of collect my thoughts a little sure. bit. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead.
1: No, I wanted to point out, by the way, uh, not to change the subject, but, you know, you've been very modest here. Uh, I am now working alongside Professor
0: Rick. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Tell the people what you're up to these days, Rick. Yeah, I got a call about three three weeks ago from my alma mater, New York University, the School of Social Work, they had an adjunct professor who had to bail out in the middle of the semester. And this is before all the funding bells and whistles started. Would you have any interest in just pinch hitting for the rest of the balance of the semester on a course at the School of Social Work? And I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing not having really any idea what I was getting into, but pe- people now refer to me as professor, which is just, and I'm so embarrassed because I sent an email to my my class. It's about 20 students, graduate students, and I, I, I CC'd myself, and I see on the CC that I sent that I had a, a word misspelled, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm so <laughs> embarrassed. But, what a professor. You know, Minus yeah, two. Right? hmm. Oh my God! So well, that's awesome. Yeah, at least at, so I've been doing
1: that's, that. yeah, that's something that that'll at least. So they're continuing the courses at this point, correct? You're you're yeah, learning how I mean, to do it.
0: You know, school, New York University is all, everywhere is shut down, and uh, these are social work students who are getting ready to graduate from a, a two year program uh, in early May, and that is now been pushed off by NYU and everybody else. And there are just so many question marks, and we all know, you know, whether you own tickets to the Mets or Yankees and wondering, how do I get my money back? Or the Rangers right. or the Knicks right. or or a Broadway show. I mean, mm-hmm. but the fallout that, that is just the collateral damage is just incomprehensible. And it's kind of what you were alluding to before. Thank you for bringing that up, though. And And yes, you can now call me Professor Rick.
1: So do, I don't, do i have to refer to you that way every time now on the show is that no nah, i hate that you really? is fine all right well i had some other i had some other ideas and some other names but nah which I, funny we've been we've been doing well keeping this podcast relatively clean so let's do that okay
0: i do want to tell you something funny um uh, i was on the phone with a friend of mine uh, a couple of days ago and uh he's just got a great attitude he's in media sales and he He's like, what are we doing now? I mean, I said, I totally agree. And we were talking about the run on toilet paper, which is just hard to really wrap my head around. I mean, we'll go to Costco or wherever once a month and stock up on toilet paper, and we've always got enough in the garage. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, you know, people are (laughs) buying like, Reams of toilet paper. I saw online the other day, I went to go buy something, and there's a a comic ad that had Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or toilet paper as a choice (laughs) of payment. And I thought, that's great. And then my friend Adam came up with this great analogy. He goes, toilet paper is the new Bitcoin
1: <laughs> it is for the time being.
0: I, I have news for you. I'm I'm I'm
1: running low, and every time we've gone to the store, uh, the shelves are completely empty. And I, I I'm not quite, you know, I've had different jokes like in my head. uh oh, people are scared shitless. Haha, that uh, you know, it could be a. I don't know why they went with the toilet paper as being the no. commodity that
0: I don't <laughs> get. So instead of Bitcoin, he's calling it shitcoin. coin.
1: Ah, very nice.
0: <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of being on a podcast,
1: right? Uh, maybe we should wrap it up on that note, so to speak. That was... <laughs>
0: okay. Um, do you I have... got to go look for some shitcoin. coin, pretty much, is what I need. But... Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, I hope uh, you guys are well. And I look forward to Same here. a time when we can break bread together. And, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe... Uh, uh, forged through uh, a twenty-four pack of toilet paper and split it up amongst ourselves.
1: Oh, what fun that's going to be, huh? Telling save me, that huh? for the save that
0: for the holidays.
1: Well, my no, my birthday. My birthday's coming up at the end of April, so hopefully oh, you'll be able right. to, you know. And yours is in June, so we'll we'll share some toilet paper and and, and just pass it back and forth as a gift.
0: preferably <laughs> thank unused. Thank you, thank you very much. So I'm anyway, listen, you take care, be well, and uh, and Use be well. Leave. Mm-hmm. and uh you close your show you close your show all the time with uh yes despite sunshine- what's going
1: on and uh corona's part of it actually but uh sunshine always guys hang in there
0: and what I go with is what I used to use in the 1980s was in Lionel Richie's all night long he closed his song by saying be good feel good And I used to close my radio show with that for years and right. so I'm not bringing be good feel good back into my my lexicon
1: all right Lionel Put those bell bottoms on and get dancing.
0: Thanks, man.
1: All right. Be good. Stay safe. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, We're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at BLEAV.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcasts.